When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Album Book Club. Um, this this month we are doing Richard Pryor's album Live on the Sunset Strip. Uh, I am here today with uh, the regular host Jason, uh, who's joining us uh, when uh, unexpectedly because he originally wasn't going to be able to join on this call. But uh, yeah. I have him. Excellent. Me too. Um, Interesting to see you in the big chair. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I'm sure you'll be fine. Don't worry. <laughs> Fun to be driving. Um, also today, I, we have Elsa Bruno and Isaac Runkel Sunleaf from the podcast or from the sketch troupe Serendipity. Uh, you're both recently in Toronto doing uh, a at Toronto Sketch Fest for your Serendipity show. Is that right? Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. And we killed them. Excellent. Sorry for anybody who had to show up in Toronto after us. Since everyone was dead. So you guys had some, you had some flight <laughs> problems, though, that coming in. Did, did, you guys, uh, Air Canada was miserable to you guys, weren't they? Yeah. yeah you know, it's, uh, I learned afterwards that they weren't being miserable. They were trying to keep me alive, which I, retrospectively, I appreciate. At the time, um, I don't know. If, can I say fuck on the Oh, yeah. You can, you can cuss all your okay. At the time, I was, I was a full fuck Air Canada. <laughs> Uh, but then, uh, yeah, after like being on the phone, someone was like, "Oh, yeah, no, uh, Trump." Um, can I say Trump on this? Uh, <laughs> no, no, you can't. Okay. Forty-five. Uh, he he doesn't want um, all the planes to follow this guy anymore, so he he kept a few on the ground. And once I learned that, I was like, I, you know what? I can live with it. I can yeah. live with not falling out of the sky at a billion miles an hour. So, so was this your I'll first? Was this your guys' first uh, Toronto sketch fest? yeah yeah it, it was it was mine at least at the very yeah. least it was, it was my first time in toronto period um yeah i'd been to other parts of canada a, a couple times just hopped over the border um but <laughs> hadn't, hadn't been to toronto yet and oh it was so cool i really like toronto i really want to really want to really go back yeah oh, cool excellent well Anytime. Our new license plate says, what is it now? Is it going to be yours to, yours to discover? Wonder? Or, yeah. Yeah. I was discovered. And then, then they were going to change it to open for business, which is going to be the commercial license plates, but it's going to be, I forget what, a place to grow. Oh, that's going to be. Place to grow. Yeah. Oh, okay. Based on a, a, an old Expo 67 song. <laughs> we're going back in time, apparently. Yeah. 
California, anyway, that's another podcast. California's, <laughs> California's new plates say, um, leave now. <laughs> yeah. And then the ones in New York have a picture of uh, Lakeith Stanfield's face that says, get out on each eye. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah I, San Francisco has a sea lion, right? <laughs> yeah, right. To his head on a sea lion body. That image. So, what's the sketch show that you guys do together? Is it, uh, what's it like? What kind of sketches do you do? <laughs> That's a really good question. Isaac, you want to try and answer that? Uh, yeah, I'll tr- I'll try. <laughs> um, what what we do? We I would say we do a range of things that are just bizarre, just strange sketches to ones that we feel uh, are things that are near and dear to us, whether issues or just emotions. Uh, and we just approach it all with the same. Uh, I would say genuine love uh, for each other and for the sketches to to make it really fun. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'll say that's my alley oop time. Alley oop. Uh, you know what? That was really well said. Uh, yeah, it sounds thing. like it sounds kind of like a sketch comedy troupe. <laughs> yeah, you know what? It's a lot like a sketch comedy. Troupe. Uh, so you know, that's oh wow! I never thought of that. <laughs> yeah. The only thing, I mean, actually, the, what was uh, unique about this uh, Sketchfest uh, performance is that um, Toronto Sketchfest is like really adamant that like nothing is improvised, like nothing is made up. You right. just write it down and do what you wrote. Um, and one of the reasons we're serendipity is that uh, similar, just like what Isaac said, right? We like use sort of emotions as the focal point, um, and then kind of write around what we feel, you know. Um, <clears throat> And so, if we stumble at like if the day of the show, um, I'm sad, <laughs> then we just sort of allow that to like take over the the sketch, right? Like we let that. Um, the funny is still there, the, mm. the joy of it all is still there, but there's like an honesty to whatever we stumble upon, whatever we yeah. serendipitously find in the day. If somebody, if the audience gives us something that's kind of funny, or if we see somebody outside or whatever. Um, so this time we had to like be a little more strict with our. <laughs> With our format, um, which was—I mean—it was a good. It was—it was because we are a sketch troupe, as you uh, so eloquently pointed out. Um, it was good to just do the sketches as opposed to try and um, always improvise. But it was, I mean, it's—it's—it's it's, it's great. It's a lot of fun, obviously. And, yeah, uh, emotional. Yeah. So, like a good—a good example of how we incorporated that aspect to the show um, was like a month or two before the show. We were like, we want to write a sketch about two two guys trying to process difficult emotions, but continually continually getting distracted by playing FIFA. Um, <laughs> so we we just a sketch that like some of it's just sad, but then other parts of it are act really funny and bizarre. Uh, mm. How he goes through a list of different pets that he could get to make him feel less sad, <laughs> like turtles or cats. Um, and it's that that really is a good sketch to capture, like the, the exactly that, like playing into what what we're feeling. And yeah, it sounds almost therapeutic in a way. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, it's definitely therapeutic. And even now, you know what? Now I think we're going to add uh, Lakeith Stanseal to the uh, list of animals. And seal. Thank you for coming. Seal. 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 <laughs> All right, we're done. <laughs> and on a high note.
<laughs> okay, well, uh, Matt, uh, are you hearing any noise off of? I think it's uh, might be Alsa's mic. Uh, I felt like there was something. I, it sounded like something dropping there. Yeah. 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 I'm wondering if it's yeah. Hearing. That's that. All right. Let me. Uh, how about there? Uh, yes. Yeah. That's yeah. Done. That works for you. Okay. okay thanks, man. Excellent. Uh, all right. Well, this gives a. This is a good point for me to sort of pivot. Um, so, Richard Franklin Lennox Thomas Pryor was born December first, nineteen forty, in Peoria, Illinois. Uh, raised by his grandmother, he had a troubled childhood, uh, enlisting in the U.S. Army at eighteen before being discharged. Uh, in 1960. Uh, in 1963, he began his comedy career performing in clubs in New York's Greenwich Village uh, next to acts like Bob Dylan and Woody Allen. His mm-hmm. early material was in the vein of Cosby, but quickly gave way to the bold material he later became known for in the 1970s after writing for a host of television programs and movies. This quickly became um, appearances in everything from Saturday Night Live and uh, Lady Sings the Blues to the Muppet movie. Uh, Pryor's Mm -hmm. resume eventually reflected 49 film roles, 17 writing credits, five producer credits, and over... Uh, 30 recordings uh, to say nothing of his Emmy, five Grammys, Writers Guild of America Award, and being the first recipient of the Mark Twain Prize for American Humor from the Kennedy Center. Uh, Live on the Sunset Strip was Richard's 21st recording, uh, released in conjunction with his comedy film of the same name, but recorded almost an entire year earlier than the film, with the only portion used from the film's performance uh, being one sketch. Uh, He went on to release... 33 albums and singles in all, excluding compilations. Um, Sadly, Richard passed in 2005 at 65 due to a heart attack after a prolonged battle with multiple sclerosis, uh, but left a pretty indelible mark on the comedy world. Um, So, yeah. So, Elsa, you chose this album. Um, Yeah. So what about why this this album, Why Live on the Sunset Strip? I think this might have been the first uh, full... So actually, I, I, um, I never heard the entire album, uh, but I saw the special, right? And I, it was the first, um, I think it was the first comedy special I ever saw. So like, it's always had a, a, a huge um, impact on me, like a really. Um, what age would you have been? I think I was like a eight, maybe. Oh, wow. Yeah, way too young, way too young. Uh, <laughs> uh yeah so <laughs> and i remember i mean like you know you 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 listed all these um these facts about how he was raised and my parents had similar upbringings right um and i was always interested in in um i don't even know how to put this the, like the dichotomy that comedians can hold of living a life that you know is tough. I mean, just like you said, right? right? I mean, Richard, in uh, we're on first name basis. Uh, me and <laughs> me and DEP is the other name I call him. Uh, <laughs> me and Richard Breyer. Uh, no, but so in, in Peoria, right? Um, he he was raised in a brothel by his grandma, right? Like, um, battled multiple sclerosis, loved animals, like, like was a, a enormous proponent of like saving elephants and seals and elephant seals and everything in between. Um, 
but like also right he when he was on stage and 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 delivering his life right it was like it was it felt like anti-venom you know like i felt like i was going through Mm. whatever i was going through in my um my delightful black life and um and i felt (laughs) this is weird to say but i always felt funny Everyone around me didn't always feel like I was funny, and uh, and uh, especially I, you know, I have five siblings, and so I remember when I heard this special, um, I, like I remember holding on to the way that he his transitions aren't necessarily smooth. You know what I mean? Like he's going from one part to the next as he feels it, um, but he's just there. He's just honest. He's saying things that no one would want to talk about in like real life, right? At least at the time. Um, and that let me feel like my truth, my honesty, um, was not only something that could be funny, but something that could be shared, mm-hmm. uh, even if people didn't immediately understand it or weren't immediately ready for it. Wow. When you compare this album to the special, how do you find it different? Like, what, what, it, what? Uh, because I, I, like, I listen to the album and I find it is almost feels more personal in a lot of ways. Um, Yeah. yeah, Like it, it seems to be more, more there, there's more, the structure seems much more clear than on the, on the film. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Actually that was, that was the most surprising part to me because I do, I honestly, I remember listening to the special and being, and feeling like there was no line between thing one and thing two. You just said, um, didn't realize editing was a thing. So <laughs> eight-year-old Elsa just thought, "Oh, people live in the TV. Uh, this is just one special um, with no editing in it." So now I understand that you know, obviously there was chops, things in the middle. He probably does have better transitions than uh, were displayed there. Um, but I, uh, yeah, I felt like the album had a lot more. Um, not only a lot more, it wasn't a lot more. Not only was it a lot more personal. I felt like there were a lot more things that people like shouted back more frequently too right like there was like mm-hmm. real conversations happening at some point yeah. uh, real conversations it's him saying you know eat my dick right obviously <laughs> but still right it was a you know it, it, it um it felt more natural um and still and and, and different and and still incredibly funny so yeah. thank you for giving me the chance to listen to the album oh, oh my pleasure and, and isaac yeah. uh, what was your first exposure to you know richard and 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 this album so I, uh, I think I had seen this special like years ago when I was in probably high school. Um, growing up, my, my dad loves comedy and would always say, we need to watch this special. Like we need to watch, like, and, like name any comedian. He's like, we should watch it. And because I was a teenage boy, sometimes I'd say, no, dad, like I have my own, I, I'm not going to watch your comedy. Um, but I remember, I remember watching, I think bits and pieces of it, but never sitting down and really just focusing on it. Mm. Um, and so I really, I also really enjoyed doing that for, uh, the album. I, I listened to the album as well. I uh, didn't watch a special most recently. Um, and there were moments recalled, like, I kind of remember hearing that joke like years ago when I was younger yeah um and there were also times where I was like this 
is not something I would have expected uh, listening to the album. Similar moments of, I think, vulnerability that I really appreciated in listening to the album. Um, but yeah, to to be to be totally honest, it, it had been a long time since I had uh, really listened to or watched Richard Pryor. Yeah. And and Jason, how about you? That was your first exposure. Uh, well, I think my first exposure was probably watching Saturday Night Live and seeing some of his silly movies with uh, Gene Wilder. Uh, we were in a house where we didn't watch R-rated movies, and uh, a lot of stand-up was R-rated uh, on the back of the VHS box, and so that stuff didn't really come into our house. Um, and uh, not that my parents were prudes; it was just that. I don't know. That seemed like a rule that needed to be kept. It needed to be respected. And, uh, you know, we watched Back to the Future and stuff like that. And uh, there were a few comedy albums lying around. Like I listened to Cosby and uh, and Steve Martin a lot when I was a kid, Mm -hmm. but um, really didn't. uh, I've always known about Pryor. He's always sort of just been in the, you know, comedians handbook of people you should know about. Uh, And I knew a lot about him. But I again, sort of like. I've never sat down and just focused on it. It's always sort of been in the periphery. I've heard a clip here and there on radio stations and stuff, but I think this is the first full album I listened to and the first special I I watched and I expected it to be much more raw, like sort of the legend of the man. And I I thought it would be angrier and I thought it would be more offensive and profane. And I found it delightful and kind of goofy in places and like, yeah, it's really just cool, calm confidence about him without having to be pushy or showy about it. Or, you know, he's just right. he just really knows what he's talking about, even though he's bearing his soul in this particular special. Yeah. It does. It was such confidence and vulnerability. It was just so cool to watch. So, yeah, I'm really glad we did this uh, this this time, because uh, I feel like I had sort of known all I needed to know about Richard Pryor. And I was totally wrong. I didn't realize I had this blank spot of material. And it was yeah, really great. Yeah, like what I found yeah. interesting about this album was it sort of comes at you know just after a very low point in his life, uh, right. you know mm-hmm. where he's you know coming getting clean after being you know really addicted and freebasing and like accidentally setting himself on fire and, right. and like you know going and finding himself and it's like it, it feels like this is actually like a catharsis for him where mm-hmm. where there's a lot of healing going on in this album. Where yeah, his earlier stuff was is sort of like you know he's still profane, but sure. it's, it's it's at times, but it's always served a purpose in his comedy. Well, I remember you saying to me, to me and Matt, there was stuff on this album that was problematic that wouldn't hold up today, and I you said that before I listened or watched, and I couldn't find anything that I thought that about. I, I think mm-hmm. that the intent is always put punching up. Like I think yeah. the joke holds. Mm-hmm. I think the language doesn't necessarily like how he talks about yeah. about women I don't think would necessarily work right. today. But I also don't think if he was doing this material di- today, he would talk about them that way. Um right. yeah. Right. Like because his 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 intent is always definitely a, a punch a punching up situation. Mm-hmm. Like the butt of the joke nine times out of ten where it's something that would probably be like, just my opinion, and I'd like to hear you guys' thoughts is it's like, yeah. it's, it's himself. It's he's turning these jokes yeah. on himself. And right. and it sounds like, Oh, he's saying something mean about his wife or he's saying something mean about, about women or something like this, but it's not, it's right. he's, he's poking, uh, poking fun at the man in that equation. 
Um, right. So, so like the the there's the bits, uh, the the very introduction, introductory bit about women, um, and it's it's is really more about how men are fragile and women are strong. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So, so what are, what are your guys' thoughts on that? Like the the material. How how do you feel it's it stands up um, to to time? Yeah. Uh, well, I. First, I just want to jump in and say, <laughs> hearing all the more about this, I'm remembering that I, I had a similar household where rated R stuff really wasn't wasn't put on until I was much older, like until I was 16 or 17. And so I think part of the reason why some of these jokes sounded familiar was my dad was like, oh, this guy's really funny. You can't watch him, but here's one of his jokes. Um, And so I just wanted to jump in and say that. But I I thought I had similar feelings where some some of the times I was sitting, listening and thought, I don't know how I feel about this. Um, But none of the times did it feel like a a cheap shot, a cheap joke. It all... One, everything was everything was kind of playing towards that line, right? Like, where is that line? Where can I find it? How can I, you know, play with that line? Um, which, no matter what time period you go to, if you find a comedian at any talent level trying to do that, it's not always going to age well. No. Um, but what I think was the through line for this whole thing, which is why I really enjoyed listening to it was that the entire set was him processing pain mm-hmm. which i think is the tends to be in my opinion the most powerful comedy um a lot of the pain with his addictions with all of how he's been reflected in the news with him burning himself um a lot of their, every single set was about pain like yeah the i i also found it difficult the the prison part of the set as well um i i found that to be something that i i don't think would play well if it were verbatim uh said today sure but at the same time none of it i never at one point felt like oh he's he's just making uh like for lack of a better term a prison rape joke for no reason like they it was a in that time at least i felt i I uh, I don't know for sure, but my interpretation was in that time that was the style of bringing attention to something that's wrong with comedy. Mm-hmm. But again, I would similarly love to hear what what everyone else thought because I, as I was saying, listening to this, I was like, yeah. At times, I didn't know how to feel, and at times, I was like, this is incredible. Sorry, I was trying not to talk too much. I'm going to keep talking. No, please talk. <laughs> uh, please talk. <laughs> um, you know what? Because because I actually um, I because I remember having a, a having a sort of a sweeping feeling. Uh, no, that's not the word I want to use. Uh, ephemeral sweeping feeling, um, similar to y'all's, right? Where, um, but I, I remember thinking like, would this play for other people? Because for me, I was with it. Like <laughs> even that prison mm-hmm. joke, right? The whole yeah. I think there is. Um, I got too much to say. I got so many words and only one mouth, right? Um, <laughs> The the oof, it's getting me emotional. Okay, so the like I I feel like um like you said Matthew right like a uh, uh, Richard Pryor spent his early years as a comic 
um, you know, performing in front of uh, Bob Dylan and and doing a lot of like gag humor, right? Here's a lighter and there, here's the flame and here's a, your, whatever. Um, and then uh, I don't know how many of y'all know this, but like the day he decided to become the Richard Pryor we know, he had a set. Um, I don't remember what theater it was at, but it was a big theater and there's like Frank Sinatra on the front row and you know, like just a packed house, right? A dream for most comics. And he went up and he had the mic and he started to talk, like open his mouth and then he went, fuck this. And he left, left, left. Like he didn't come back. Like he, he quit, right? And he came here to the Bay Area to LA's sexy ass cousin. Uh, and he spent, I don't know how many years, but he was with the Black Panthers, right? He came to Oakland and like learned and fellowships and like dug into, um, uh, to use your words, Isaac, that pain, right? Um, because what I've seen in all of those, like there's, again, I'm just gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna stop asking what words I can use. I'm just gonna use them and let you use yeah. them. Uh, but he has over and over again, since after that moment, he came back and like, he did those things that that pushed close, it, it pushed the envelope that like, no comedians were doing uh, anywhere because they were like, no, there's no market for it. We can't talk about, especially black and brown comics, or like, no, we can't talk about la raza. We can't talk about how we are going to jail, disproportionately. We can't talk about how <laughs> all of the systems around us are looking at us as the criminal, right? So for Richard Pryor to come up, like you said, that is smooth and confident and make a joke like super nigger. That's not on the one we just heard on the, on the, on this album. But um, he has this joke where he's like, look, up in the sky, is that a crow? And he does his whole thing. Which is, it's a black guy. It's a black superhero, black Superman, super nigga. And he, he what does he do? He like leaps um, uh, child support claims in a single bound and whatever. All this stuff that like is stereotypical, right? Like over yeah. um, <laughs> that like, I remember when I first heard it, um, Whatever. I'm also. I was like sneaking these things. But when I first heard it, I lived. Um, I was living uh, uh, at a school, uh, living with like majority Latinos, right? Um, and I didn't want to tell the joke to them because I didn't want them to say the joke back to me because I was like, no, it won't work if you say it. Right? <laughs> I don't even know that I'm listening to it. However, there was one other black kid at the school, and I was like, you come here. <laughs> <laughs> right? And immediately. He like the same exact response I had. Like it hit right in the center of him. Um, and um, yeah, sorry. The, the, so the reason I'm saying all this is that in this special, I had the same sort of feeling where um, like Richard Pryor is looking at us. <laughs> and when I say us, I mean, I mean like entirety. Like he's like looking at everything he can see mm-hmm. and just trying to make sense of it all despite the glaring dichotomies. So when he's talking about women, right, and like poking fun at himself, he's like, look, here's the strongest guy in the room right now. You all paid money to see this man. This guy has had four wives because I keep cheating. I keep hitting my wives. I keep fucking up. Look at me. We never talk about this, but here I am. Hey guys, you know when you get mad and you don't know what to do and the cops pull you over after you had a long day and you're just depressed, you gotta go home and you beat your kids because you're trying to get that shit off somewhere. Not obviously not condoning beating your children. <laughs> no, <laughs> right? But he's like, don't we all feel this? Now, when I say it in a sentence, don't you feel disgusting? 
right? Like maybe we should really look at what we're doing. Um, I, I feel like I'm preaching. I don't mean to talk this much. Oh, no. But, but the, my feeling is though, just like that, the, the, um, all these, uh, all these jokes that, <laughs> that might not um, stand the test of time as far as Twitter goes, you know, as far as like quick response goes. Um, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Richard Pryor Twitter headline: Super nigger joke kills in Oakland. <laughs> yeah, that <can> work, right. <laughs> uh, it's funny, like you say, some of the stuff wouldn't hold up today, but I also feel like in some ways he was he was way ahead of his time. Like, yes. so many people, most people who heard this when it came out would not have been ready for it. Right, he didn't live in what you know, quote unquote, progressive. <laughs> we still have a long way to go, but. Today, I think there's a much broader audience for what he was saying. Yeah. Because people are like, yes, I'm with you. I'm ready to hear these criticisms about the world, right? <laughs> right. But in 82, most of us weren't. Right. And that's a gutsy thing to put on a stage like that. And the thing I kind of find mo- really intriguing, too, is like, in a sense, he kind of created the confessional style. Like, right. like his peers coming up in the 60s and 70s, there's a distance, but like he was one of those first voices to really personalize the comic, com- the comic voice that he was doing, where he is exposing himself on stage and his flaws and his vulnerabilities. Uh, Not just this, though, like societies, like yeah. talking about the black experience like that, I think was a very brave thing to do in the time he was doing it. Yeah, right. Well, and even yeah. to your earlier point, even like about it standing um, for what most people can handle then, black audiences were ready, right? Like black audiences. Sure, yeah. I'm so sick of only chuckling. Right. <laughs> I'm so sick of being like, yeah, no, that's funny. I got to go back to my no money and <laughs> government and hope I don't get pulled over on the way here and like dredging my son out of the river, right? Like, like there's all the stuff. That like <laughs> that was hitting fever pitch when Richard Pryor walked off the fucking stage in front of mafia members and Frank Sinatra and shit. You know, like, I think what he said, gutsy. Like a, that's that's him. And I um, I'm trying to influence our serendipitous work. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's one bit, the uh, mudbone. Um, that oh, is the only bit that was not recorded in the original album recording. Yeah. So that came out of a the, a person calling for that character in the audience in the film yeah yeah um and i find it interesting because that's like that's something he was leaving behind so it's 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 sort of like a goodbye to the sort of the character that's a very old comedy kind of thing to do as well like the 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 character work and in that way yeah yeah Mm -hmm. and i i sort of found it Interesting because it, it sort of it fits as an interesting pivot point between um, the two portions of the album. Like the first half sort of culminates in his recounting his trip to Africa, right. where he had a realization about the power of the language that he was using and the impact. And and I it's at least at that in the album, it seemed to indicate a change in how he was using his, his comedy. And then, and then to the part where it's like, how how did he get there? Where it's talking about his freebasing and his, uh, his incident where he set himself on fire. So it's, there's a, there's a very much an agenda or a structure I find to this. And it is, is interesting how he demarcates that on the album with that old character. Yeah, uh, which is something that he didn't really do after that. 
Yeah. And also very nice of him to uh, to play into that request for so long. Right. Something that wasn't planned. <laughs> yeah. Most comedians wouldn't do that. You know? Absolutely. Right. Someone's like, do that other joke you usually do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 15 minutes. Yeah. And, and that it was so complete. Like, he just pulled that out of the top of his head. Uh, right yeah uh so so how how do you like how do you find like what are your thoughts on like mudbone compared to the 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 rest of the the album like how do you feel it it sort of stacks up against what the rest i'm really trying not to talk so much actually you know what honestly i am curious to know since uh y'all said you haven't um you weren't uh prior heads like me uh Richard prior to this. So uh, why don't you say what you thought first? And then I'm uh, as the expert. Um. <laughs> well, for, for me, I, I personally thought it was, it was interesting. Because, I mean, I really am into comedy history. So I've, yeah, yeah. I have dug into his earlier material. And I mean, I, my comedy inroads were like, were Woody Allen and, and Bill Cosby. My dad had the Bill Cosby albums and stuff like that. And it felt like a Cosby bit kind of gone sideways. <laughs> it's, it, it's like this, it, it, the character's like, oh, you know, this guy who lives on the street. It's like a kind of a fat Alberty kind of sure. character. Uh, yeah, that, yeah. That, that very, you know, r- fleshed out character with this epic backstory. And a bit but more then, of an edge than anything Cosby would have done. Yeah, but then, yeah, that, that edge, that, that, that sort of sideways twist that he put on it where it's subverting the cosminess of the situation into a much more grounded, uh, you know, a, a much more impactful message. Like that's how my take on, on, on that, that character and that bit. And, and that, which is, is really interesting because it's subverting the norms while playing in them, which is, well, you're cool. much kinder than me. I, I don't like the bit. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it's just so different from everything else. I didn't see yeah. anything. And, um, to me, it felt sort of endearing. He clearly likes this character. And that was something that really struck me, actually. All his different voices and characters, he does so well. He just slides really? right into them. And yeah. I love how he goes between being cool and goofy. Like, he's kind of a goofy guy. Um, not not nearly as... I just was assuming he'd be so confrontational, and I didn't feel that at all. And I was so happy Um I feel bad for being wrong about that. But yeah, this part to me slowed things down. It wasn't really joke heavy. I mean, because it was improv, it wasn't the, didn't have the same rhythm as everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just wasn't the kind of comedy I guess I expect or want from him. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I get that it was a thing that he did, but uh, the other stuff for me worked a lot better. Yeah. Uh, but I might yeah, not have got it too. I might just not get it at all. Yeah, yeah whatever. That's, that's what matters, right? Like, I mean, I I would say I, for me, I enjoyed it. Um, I'm kind of, I'm kind of the opposite. I'm I don't know very much about comedy history. I like know little to nothing uh, um, about Richard Pryor or, or a lot of comedy. I oftentimes find myself in these conversations where it's like have you heard of this or like did you know this fact and i'm oftentimes like uh sure sure yeah (laughs) um and so for me what honestly happened is i was listening to this part of the album and i got like halfway through it and i was like hold up go back what like where are we 
did I miss? Like, did I space out? Like, I had to like go and start this section over, right? Uh, because I wasn't familiar with this character or really, I mean, I knew this style existed, but I, ha- I hadn't really listened to or watched a lot of character yeah. stand up of that form. Mm-hmm. Um, where it's it's yeah it's it's a character it's just a character for a little bit living and breathing that character um that being said as i was listening to it i was like yeah i for sure because i don't have that knowledge uh i'm sure i'm missing like chunks of this like i'm sure i don't i don't fully appreciate it right yeah uh because i don't know that much about it but i still really enjoyed it for Honestly, a, a kind of for the audience reactions. Yeah. Um, it made it. I was like, I don't get this, but this just shows me like more who Richard Pryor is because of how he was connecting with his audience in in this bit. Right. And I hadn't even thought of, of the framework either of how it really broke up. Yeah, it broke up the flow, which in, in some ways, like you, you could have had a tighter story, right? By having. Have not having that like this basically intermission between everything else that's really about about him and and his experiences in a much more literal way, um, mm. but at the same time by breaking it up, it I think it it slows it down and, and it it really just like gives a little twist that is mostly for the people in that room right then. That I think mm. gives gives them the whole album. Ah, oh, just like uh it's like a, a little bit of a cherry on top, I guess. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I feel like um I think similar to you, Isaac, what the <laughs> the biggest delight to me of that section is the audience and and uh the way that I mean yeah, I mean all of it, right? Like the fact that they one asked for it, two, he said yes. Three, throughout it the whole time they're like, ah, yeah. Okay, but what else? Uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah, he has them, eh? They're so into it. Yeah, right? Yeah. Um, and then, and then um, what it brought to mind, um, similar to what you were saying, Matthew, is 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 like the... <clears throat> it, it brought both the fact that like, it reminded me like, oh, Richard Pryor's old. Like, mm-hmm. that's a Mom's Mabley thing he's doing. Like, that is a very old move. Yeah. But that's... Those are his... Like, that was his mentor. You know what I mean? Like, that was somebody who was yeah. sharing yeah. the stage with him. Um and well, so, he talks about like his sister talks about how he was inspired by Chaplin and uh, yeah. Jackie Gleason, you know, like sort yeah. of really old school right. comedians and characters. And yeah, yeah, you, you can see when he when he's doing these bits and like you see him sort of like lengthily drooping himself across the stage, right? Like you oh, my favorite is when he does the lion. Oh my god! Like, yes, shoulders. Yes, and just see a lion. He's so great. Yeah, and that's, I think the difference, uh, <laughs> you brought up my mind, the difference I hear between the uh, seeing the special and hearing the album was like, when I, I remember um, seeing the special and, and, I, and I, you know, I couldn't divorce his voice from his body. So right. sometimes I wouldn't see the character, um, but I could see like when he would make the movements, right? Uh, and then hearing it, I'm imagining all the movements, but good Lord, when he spoke a different way, like when he became Mudbone, right? I was like, I see Mudbone. That he's here, right? Yeah. Um, and what, what? Uh, this is the last of my diatribe. Uh, <laughs> but what I, what I love about the mudbone bit is that um, 
Uh, again, I mean, again, I'm like uh, like you, Matthew. I'm, I'm, I'm a I'm a comedy nerd, right? I like to to learn about everything. And what speaks to me is the the way that um, that that Mudbone and you know, all, like all those sort of character based bits, they come to life in a time where um, you don't you aren't getting unique black characters from a black perspective, mm-hmm. right? Uh, you weren't going to see Mudbone on TV portrayed that way with like some love and affection and intelligence and being a wino. Yeah. Um, right. You might see him, you know, like on the side of a fucking Superman movie yelling about his bad suit. <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? But like, that's not really the same spirit. <laughs> like a lot of people who are going to these uh, concerts are going because they also, they just want to see some, they want to be entertained. They want all of it. Like, I want your jokes. I'm going to talk about, Dick, I want you to say motherfucker too many times. I also want to have some, some some cute, completely unfunny, personable moments, right? I want to see Mudbone. I want to feel like I'm visiting family, you know? Yeah. 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 Now, um, you guys mentioned the physicality. That's the one thing I also found really awesome listening to the album and watching the special back-to-back at one point. Um mm. It's like there's a care in. Oh, sorry, my cat just fell down. There's a care and presentation um, in the album that you don't get a lot of the time. Uh, in that he like it's paced differently. Like a lot mm-hmm. of pe- a lot of comedians will just go. They have their special, especially now where a lot of the, the the album is almost an afterthought. They just yeah. do the yeah. one set and any physical elements you just lose. Whereas it feels like he's taken the care to sort of pace it and structure it, tighten things up where it needs to be tightened because there's a visual gag that's not going to be there for the listener and, and, yeah. and given space to things, given room to breathe to other bits where it may work differently because you need to think it through. Um, yeah. So, so like, did you guys, like, what do you think of the craftsmanship of this? Like the, the, the technique that he put in. Yeah. Superb. Yeah, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I think that um, I don't even have much to add. I think, yeah, like you said, I think the pacing of the album, which again I, I had never heard, and I was really impressed by um, by the fullness of it. And I actually, I even felt um, to your earlier point about um, things that wouldn't things are a little racy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like there were moments too when he'd say something that was like, like, for example, the bit about beating your kids, right? Like about like, you know, like the, the man is after you, you had a long day at work. You got to have all those feelings. You might go home and beat your kids. And then he moved quickly into another, another joke. Mm-hmm. Uh, I felt like there was a perfect balance between like, I want you to take time with this and this will probably make you angry. I want to make sure I say it. I want to make sure you feel it and understand it. But also, you know, we're at the show. Like I'm not here to fight you. Yeah, right. To your point, uh, Jason, right? not not trying to be like confrontational so much as make you aware of the confrontation inside of you, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, I I, uh, I listened to the album first and really liked it, and then watched the special, and it felt like I was like, oh, this is weird that they took this take, but I I didn't realize that so much was recorded new for the album. The special came out first, right? Uh, yeah, the special came out, yeah. yeah, simultaneously. The album was recorded a year before. Oh, uh, but then they added to the album the yeah. part from 
of special. Yeah, so they, so they dropped in the Mudbone bit from the special because that was done. That was oh. of the moment. That was just a response to the audience calling that out for that bit. So they recorded the album a year later, did the special, and then very shortly after released the album with the new part from the special yeah they dropped them simultaneously so so they when they were editing the film they're like oh this wasn't in the, the, the okay. special, and so we dropped it in but yeah uh i mean same as you guys i just noticed a, a total shift in pacing it was uh, it, it was interesting it was tight and snappy but it felt a little easier to process on the album it felt like his language was slower but yeah. there were fewer words, so it took sort of the same amount of time, but it was just clearer and easier to digest. And uh, it felt like it flowed really expertly. Uh, it felt like in the stage show, he was having a little fun and being a little more looser with it. And I guess you can when you've got the visuals to help you out. Um, but as far as an album, yeah, I thought it was, I'm glad it wasn't just directly translated. I'm glad it's yeah. its own thing because it works very well. Yeah. Now, um, Jason, you it mentioned some of the bits. Sorry, I just want to say, I guess because okay. it's a year apart, some of the bits were the same, but executed different wording. Yeah, executed yeah. differently. Like not just like you know saying like I saw them and I saw them. Like it's not just that small a take difference. It was like he wrote rewrote some stuff. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. 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 It's pretty cool. Yeah. Don't hear that difference a lot. Yeah, and I actually I prefer the album. A lot of those jokes I I I feel play better in the album than on the in the special. Um yeah. which is it's like, okay, well, is that more that I enjoy just the, the listening to it or or what? And so it's a it's something else yeah, to sort of dissect there. Special it seemed like he glossed over and didn't explain concepts as thoroughly on the album. Like I, I feel like he just yeah, I've done this a million times, you know what I'm saying, type of yeah. thing. Like I don't know, it just felt but, but yeah, it was much clearer in the album for sure. And, and, and then there's some places he didn't go to, like in the, the end where in the album where he's kind of mocking the audience a little bit and yeah. how they, you know, oh, I've heard that joke about, you know, what's this you know, Richard yeah, yeah. Pryor running down the street? Uh, it where, took me back in time. I remember hearing that when I was a kid and not getting it. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so weird to see him like that match and do that joke. And I was like, oh my God, I just flash back. So yeah. weird. Yeah, so yeah. It's, it's 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 interesting because he's 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 in the moment but very aware in you know in a, as a performer, which a lot of people just don't seem to take that care anymore. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's how I I just felt like it. It uh, now having watched the special, the the album felt very grounded. Um, yeah. and and I'll say to what you were saying earlier. Um, it made those those parts that, yeah, as someone who is not as familiar with his work, as someone who's not as familiar with the the, I mean, obviously, I, I know the history generally around Richard Pryor, but not as intimately familiar with, um, with everything he is and represents. Uh, it made me say, even at those times where I was like, oh, I don't know about that, but I, I, I. I feel it though, right? Like I, he's taking the time to not mm. just say the jokes, but also connect, um, right. which yeah. is why I really liked the album. And I, it's really having not seen the special, interesting to hear the difference that you all describe. Um, that is probably a conversation for a different time of uh, comedy communicated audio, just via audio versus also visually. Um, mm. But it is interesting that the video, it sounds like he made it to be 
tighter almost, which um, it still I think is a trend here. Where if you're going to watch, I mean, video video comedy is getting tighter and tighter and shorter and shorter. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, that's that's really interesting to hear. Ali, open off that because I think um, one thing that you just brought up and that Matthew mentioned before, um, all y'all mentioned actually. Like, I think one thing that is lost now, because, I mean, um, Richard Pryor was the 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 forerunner. Whatever. I'm going to stop using big words. You know what I'm saying, right? He was the guy before the rest of the guys uh, <laughs> to, to do um, this confessional style, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so many comedians, um, I would argue the majority of comedians, um, stand-up comedians, are trying to do that same thing. Uh, mm-hmm. but one the the biggest difference, and even with with his peers who were um, who were developing their own version of that same style, uh, had didn't have the same level of nuance to care to everything that they were saying. They're saying yeah. right, like they're like I want to make sure that 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 this album does exist and is successful and isn't just like I have the special recorded. You can listen to it anytime you want, but like. Yo, go sit somewhere, right? Like, go go be with your friends and not stare at me. Like, connect with each other and have me playing in the background. Or, you know? Yeah. Let these, these jokes um, engage with you while you engage with the world. As opposed to, um, no offense to the Kevin Hart's and everybody, but, like, as opposed to, like, you have to sit and be here and stare at my face, <laughs> right? Like, I want you to feel this, like Isaac said. Even if you don't know it, I want you to feel it. And move on. Let it be a conversation starter. Let it be what it is. Yeah. I have to wonder if that's, you know, because of his age growing up with radio comedy, if it's maybe right. the, the impact yeah. of, of that, um, that influence yeah. in his life that right. uh, fed that. Um, well, also the best way to sell audio at the time, or to sell comedy at the time was through an album, right? Like, right, right. right. Before VHS became prevalent, I mean, if you wanted to sell something that wasn't the show, Right. The live show. You had to do something. I mean, we talked about this a little on our Saturday Night Live episode. They put out an album of the a compiled of the first and second season, and not all of it works because it's not written for the ear, right? Right. Uh, right. And, but they needed to be able to sell something that in was popular and have something in their homes. And then you know, it's the only album they did. They switched to VHS and DVD and all that stuff. But uh, right. you know, we. We sell them what they'll buy, and yeah, the weird, a- weird one that I found in that trend: there are two All in the Family albums and one Jefferson album. Um, no, yeah, so yeah, so, you, gotta, you gotta hear that Jefferson's album, man. Yeah, it's just, it's just, it's, it's because I mean, I like when I dissect it, it's like, oh, that makes sense because they are kind of sketches. It's just yeah. like you know, the, you know, George or or Archie being George and Archie with whatever characters are orbiting them um, yeah. and you can sort of slice those off into like individual you know bits where you know they're insulting meathead or something kind of thing. <laughs> it never fails to amaze me like I, I love doing the show about the albums and talking about the audio and, and and how it's different from the live show and stuff because it, it does amaze me how much great storytelling can be told just for the ear yeah uh, mm-hmm. especially comedy i mean we definitely like to engage with the with the visual and uh, you know, some mediums use that very well, but you know, I think that you're a great comedian if you can do just audio and have it be amazing. 
Right. I mean, the different types of comedian. There are probably, you know, Carrot Top. A Carrot Top album would be ridiculous. Right. <laughs> I would love it. Right. You funny. can see it. It's a real pumpkin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All just conceptual. You can do anything you want. I'm holding the moon. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. I'm no, a big I really want a Carrot Top album so bad. <laughs> I just want him to keep telling us all the moon has a bow tie now. Oh, but he threw up. <laughs> and then like Marcel Marceau opens for him. It's just, <laughs> just shares some shoes shuffling. Oh man. Terrible. Uh, so Jason mentioned that he, you know, he drew inspiration from Chaplin and uh and uh and Jackie Gleason, who he worked on uh movies with. Um now who would you say he's uh, like looking at the comedy world now? Yeah. Uh, who would you say he's inspired? Like what acts? I, in a way, I would almost contend that all of the more mainstream modern comedy is inspired by him. But is there anybody you feel is maybe like a torchbearer for that sort of fine balance that that he's he's brought to the stage? I saw a lot of Chris Rock in this man when I was yeah. watching it. Absolutely. You know, yeah. yeah, yeah. The two names that came to my mind uh, were Chris Rock and actually Tiffany Haddish. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. like because um, even uh, I don't I, uh, after he got his uh, MS diagnosis, um, his shows stopped being as obviously as fully attended. Sure. Um, <clears throat> but that's his style. Like <laughs> this is such a weird thing to say, but I, I remember I just went to a my first um, in person comedy concert, comedy event, comedy end up, whatever. Um, and it was Tiffany Hannish and it was, um, it was special because she was, she was actively not recording it. Right. And it was after she had just had a terrible set, uh, like a month before. And so a part of her, her jokes were like, yeah, I, um, had a really bad day. You guys ever had a bad day at work? Let's talk about it. Uh, and she went through how her last set was awful and why it bombed. And cool. Something really special happened that um, I wonder if this is like, there's an article about this somewhere. It, uh, she decided, as a lot of comedians used to do, to do a Q&A, right? Just like, let me talk to you, the audience, right? Mm. Somebody in the top row in the back, <laughs> uh, like cheap seats, right? Was like, get back to the motherfucking jokes. Oh, and she... Lost it like she, she, she had the light. She like turn on the house lights. We'll do Q and A. We're doing it for a while. And some of the Q and A jokes are uh, questions are stupid, so she's giving answers that elucidate this person's stupidity. Uh, <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, that person says, "Get back to the motherfucking jokes." And she turned and like, <laughs> I got goosebumps thinking about it. Like she turned and was like, "Cut the motherfucking lights." Turn the lights off. Spotlights on her. She's still staring at this person in this jumpsuit. And, then, and she had even she had like a red jumpsuit, right? So I'm, like, she's, I'm feeling already the prior vibes. And she started like pacing back and forth, and then started talking about <laughs> what she wishes on this person. Like, <laughs> like, just like I hope you fucking yeah, I hope you fucking your bitch back home. And then she like, oh, your toenails too long, and you can't stop thinking about it, and you can never have sex again. I hope you get a hangnail from. Um, a kernel of popcorn and it's stuck in your nail and you, you're trying to get it out and you're trying to go to your job. You can't focus. And listen, you're flicking people off. You lose your job. But like, I still want you to be happy. So you, you find another job. It's not as good. <laughs> uh, anyway. That's awesome. I remember, I remember uh, seeing Richard Pryor have a similar sort of like, 
I love you, I hate you moment again with his like you know uh, um, court courtship with the audience, mm-hmm. uh, and even Tiffany Haddish earlier uh, in a different sort of um, interview, I think she had, she mentioned that she was uh, she went to a camp where Richard Pryor before his death was training, mm-hmm. so like she got to have a conversation with him and he, wow. he like pounded her on her uh, on her non willingness to engage the audience and was like. And and her like not being honest, he was like, "You're making a joke, and that's fine." But who are you? Why do I care? Like anybody can do a knock knock joke. Yeah. Who the fuck are you, Tiff? Um, wow. And that and like you can see it. I feel like you can see it in her and Chris Rock's. Um, obviously, like very powerful, very like here's me, here's my experience, here's how it applies to the world. Um, in the most dire of circumstances. Cool. Yeah. Isaac, do you have any uh, any thoughts on who he might have inspired? Yeah, top that, Isaac. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I I I can't top that. Uh, <laughs> what, what I what I feel is, uh, I think it's it's already been said is that there's no one you can't that's doing really good uh, stand up now that that can't not be inspired by him yeah. um and for me I, i'm trying to think of someone not just inspired but like you said a torchbearer yeah. i i don't know because what again not knowing as much about him only hearing my dad repeat you know tell me some of his <laughs> jokes and tell me that he's great uh and then seeing bits and pieces throughout growing up and then listening to this whole album the things that strike me that he did well was uh the vulnerability which mm-hmm. is two two parts for me it's processing pain but also allowing that level of honesty to dig dig in to to think are hard to say about mm-hmm. yourself and about others mm-hmm. um but focusing always about yourself to try and connect with others yeah but yeah. then also the uh the the ability to do it with a level of professionalism and acting right so i feel like that doesn't happen so much anymore where you have a stand-up who is character based will do characters to the extent that he did Mm -hmm. but also stand-up that is it's all rooted in in storytelling and uh their own their own experiences Mm -hmm. like just again as you as you all were talking about who you think he I was trying to think of someone who hits both sides of that. And uh, I can't, I mean, la- last night uh, I, I had a friend in town um, who hadn't really seen anything of Pete Davidson. Sure. Uh, and so we watched a lot of Pete Davidson and like, I see I of that where oftentimes Pete Davidson says something uh, that's very true to who he is to get mm-hmm. a reaction out of the audience because it's oftentimes a, a terrible thing to say. Right. Um, but he always does it with a smirk or a giggle. Like he's not, he's, and this is not bashing on him at all, but he's not, he's not committing to a character in the same way that right. Richard Pryor is. And mm-hmm. I, I don't know because of, because of how stand up and how we, how, how comedians both perform. And on the avenues or venues, ways they they perform, but also how people receive comedy, uh, you don't see as much of all parts of that, which I think is 
is disappointing. Um, but also part of it could be because Richard Pryor is really <laughs> good at it, and it's hard. It's it's hard to do. Yeah. yeah, you know, you you brought to mind saying that uh, Trevor Noah actually he oh he yeah. sort of like, here's my experience and I'm inviting you into it. Right? Yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. I'd add maybe Wyatt Cenac, uh to that. Oh as well. yeah. Because he yeah, he yeah. very much touches on those. He balances these big, vast political uh, concepts with his personal experience that, like, we sort of see in the in the Africa bit in the album and the yeah, the prison yeah. bit. Um, these are these are things that are these are themes that he you know he considers, but he ties back into his personal experience right. really well. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's it's like this. Richard is such a paragon of comedy. Like it's it's hard mm-hmm. to think of anybody like in a way everybody wants to be him. Yeah. Like, just just without the setting themselves on fire and free. <laughs> but right. uh yeah. It, it, still, even though it's still kind of a close one. Like, yeah. I, like like Gerard Carmichael is like if Richard Pryor never did drugs in my mind. <laughs> you know? Like yeah. there's a lot of similarities in a lot of people. They're like just you know like you're right like forebear that was the word I was trying to think before yeah. forebear um, but yeah he just this is incredible nexus I mean like him getting the first Mark Twain award is so obvious you know what I mean yeah like, yeah like I yeah. did not know that until this album because I mean I just thought mm-hmm. it had been a lot around longer but then I'm like yeah. of uh, that it came out when it did and of all the people to get it I'm like well of course you know right. it should be for him right they were like what do we need to how do we how do we let people know Richard Price is so fucking cool? Yeah. No, I can't, he can't get a Nobel Peace Prize. That's not quite that. <laughs> We're going to give him out for hope in a couple decades. So, uh, yeah. you know what? The the other like, thing I'm thinking of is part of it is that uh, I think there probably are actually people who uh, not, you know, aren't one for one the same, but are doing similar things. But it's it's not it's not as much stand up. I'm just, again, limited knowledge uh, yeah, yeah. Of, of history. But the the comedian i grew up with the most um uh not grew up with because it was it was kind of high school and on but was uh donald glover and if you think of his stand-up special Mm -hmm. he does similar things where it's very lots of characters Mm -hmm. a bit a bit more a, a bit less about his personal experiences but kind of tries to balance all of the a lot of different styles at once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and actually, there was the um, Coachella yesterday, and he was performing yeah. in his uh, childish Gambino persona, right. uh, which is, is it's interesting because he he did this actually really profound speech to the audience about living in the moment and and how important it is to live because you know tomorrow we may die kind of thing and and it's like yeah. it's and that felt actually kind of richard Pryor like in a way in that he's yeah. it's like it's almost like a preacher kind of thing, kind of moment yeah. where he's like preaching yeah. to the choir and right. and you know it's it, it was really powerful so I, I could definitely see that connection, like 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 the mm-hmm. two of them and, and what they're sort of, if not the execution, the inspiration of coming from a similar mm. place kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Um, I, I mean, I think this is probably a safe bet, uh, but would you guys recommend this album to <laughs> comedy fans? Yeah. No, <laughs> not to comedy know. fans. <laughs> not to the comedy fans. Comedy yeah, fans. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 
Yeah, I would. I would recommend. You know what? Here's a here's a deep cut. I would recommend that uh, if uh, comedy fans uh, listen to this album and then dive into his show. He had a sketch show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cancelled almost instantaneously. But like, um, and and that uh, Isaac, to your point, that actually like is. You can tell how old it is because of how drawn out some of those bits are, some of the sketches are. Like, yeah. There's one where him and Robin Williams are guns in the gun store. <laughs> Having the longest conversation. Like, at, some, I, at the beginning, I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, they are going to kill everybody. And then nine minutes later, I was like, okay, you guys. Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> got 10-minute sketches on that show. It's yeah. insane. So they Why don't you edit that down and put it out again? Maybe. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. But it's so good. Yeah, Golden. And I said yeah. that's what they were they were considering him for SNL, like to be the, yeah. the host originally, because right. they still had him on contract from that show that they're like, no, we're not yeah. gonna do this because like it, you're doing a 10 minute sketch about yeah. freaking guns talking to one another. Like, no, but yeah. so they still well, had I, him under contract. And I remember uh because I, <laughs> I remember I'm glad we're talking about this. I'm so excited. Nobody knows about the show, so I'm so excited to have a chance to see what's up with any sense of knowledge about it. because uh, um I'm assuming y'all saw it too. Yeah. There's the um the last show actually, like when they before they uh canceled him very unceremoniously and quickly. Uh he's like talking to the camera mm-hmm. uh, really close and then, <laughs> and then the more he talks, the more the camera backs up and he's got no shirt on. And then the camera keeps backing up and he's got nude tone underpants. My goodness, I screamed. That was <laughs> I, of all the bits in that show. That was my favorite one. Uh, just because it was, I mean, it's similar to a stand-up, right? He's like, um, like, I'm not trying to confront you, but I want you to have this conversation. I'm trying to uh, show you something that you are confronted with daily, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Especially because, I mean, I'll be honest, right? Like, the whole time you're looking at, like, the, the idea of the, <laughs> this, I'm not trying to get too political, right? Like, the black body is scary, in media, right? Like a black man is this big monster, right? And here's Richard Pryor's skinny ass standing and the dick, right? The black <laughs> dick is everything. So show this like this powerful skinny black man with his grown ass mustache and Kendall where his being <laughs> brilliant. Like yeah. so good. Anyway. I, I I didn't know that he had a show. I will definitely be watching that um it's on youtube sale on amazon uh it's expensive but yeah they did two volumes of a dvd oh okay yeah um but uh back to the question of will i recommend it yes like (laughs) yes having having been uh i i am that person who was like yeah i know that uh richard Pryor's good i know that he's important i will eventually listen to the full album i will like eventually sit down and listen to it all, all the way through it's yeah it's a absolutely would recommend it wish i had done it sooner um because yeah, yeah it really it's it, like i said the whole time i was listening to it, i was just like just listening to and all my stand-up all my favorite stand-up is like this listening to him process uh on stage uh and 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 make make jokes but also sometimes just not make jokes and, and uh, live with the audience is is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And Jason- yeah, I recommend it as well. It's uh, it, it surprised me how 
relevant it still seems yeah. mm-hmm. um and how that's kind of depressing in a way too like mm-hmm. <laughs> you know um i think uh, thinking about the when it came out it, it, i can't imagine how powerful it must have felt to people watching it and, and hearing it then i still find it quite powerful um all the same reasons you guys are saying i mean just his mix of cool confidence and vulnerability done in the most confident gentle way um talking about things that are important with gusto but not hatred uh he had a lot of passion but always a cool head and uh yeah i i just i find it amazing i I find he really has a great balance between sort of i guess there were sort of three styles that came out of this era forward there was like the surrealism of robin williams there was and and stephen steve martin and then there was the confess not the the uh observational stuff of seinfeld and i feel like it took a while for where we are now there's lots of vulnerability we audiences demand it right but um but at that point, he was mixing all these styles and creating some, I think, at the same time. I mean, Eddie Murphy owes so much to to this guy. Everything in Delirious is – I don't want to besmirch Eddie Murphy, but, like, he would be nothing without Pryor, right? Yeah. Everything mm-hmm. he did in that was so much of this, but just – you know, that swagger and uh, the, the just taking time and looking around and knowing what you're talking about. None of that anxiety behind the sto- stories that's popular now. I feel like yeah. a lot of people, when they're telling stories about themselves, like we demand that connection, the personal stories. But it's always behind this sort of faux geeky anxiety. Yeah. Uh, some of that's real. I mean, I know a lot of comedians experience all this, but I think it's also become a brand. And uh, he has none of that. He's so self-assured, and I love hearing it. And uh, it makes him very powerful yeah. and very, very funny. Yeah, I'd recommend it, not just to comedy fans. I think teenagers should listen to this. I mean, some of the stuff about what he was like growing up, yeah, uh, yeah. So, just so relatable, especially to young boys. I mean, right. it's, it's definitely a rated R thing, but I think, I think 11-year-olds should be listening to this album. Right? Yeah. Knew exactly what his point was. Yeah, definitely a better <laughs> listen than uh, than Big Mouth. On <laughs> <laughs> Well, a different time, right? Yeah, but, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Excellent. All right. Well, um, what are you guys up to next? Are you going to be getting together again soon uh, to do another sketch show? Or, or what projects do you have coming up? When is this going to... Um, Air? Uh, we're starting like one thing we're going to be a part of. We just can't talk about until they announce it. Okay, so yeah. this will go up um, because we've got a few folks lined up. This will not. This will go out in uh, June. Oh, great! Oh, we so will be uh, yeah, perfect. Uh, your secrets? <laughs> yeah, no, we'll be currently in Philly at that time when this airs. <laughs> um, oh, sweet! You're going to Philadelphia Sketch Comedy Festival. Yes. Yes. Ah, congratulations! Yes. Very exciting. Yeah. So, yeah. We can find out details on the showtimes by now. So where should where is our website? People should go to. Yeah. Probably Google Philadelphia <laughs> Sketch Comedy Festival. Oh, up Serendipity. Yeah. You'll find all the details. Yeah, follow us on Facebook. We'll we'll put it out on there for sure. Yeah, uh, on we'll Facebook. On yep. June first. Excellent. Yep. And and fall, fall. Uh, any other social media spots where they can follow and for folks can follow you. That's a good question. You know what? Uh, honestly, for serendipity, 
Well, we're not really that great at uh, social media. <laughs> <laughs> stumble upon promoting ourselves. All right. If you yeah, want to see yeah. the Starter Dippity show, ask your friends. Hopefully, they know <laughs> when shows are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, well, and we're both doing different things. Like Isaac is a part of fifteen different sketch groups. So if you want to just go to New York and watch anything, Isaac will be on it or have written for it. <laughs> and same, same with San Francisco. I'll say we'll be uh, on on the stage or on the uh, behind the scenes or 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 nearby. I'll be in the show. That's happening. <laughs> Next um, but uh, really, yeah, we have we have a Facebook and a Twitter. Just look up Serendipity Comedy Duo. Yes. Um, but we live on uh, separate halves of the country. So not only are our shows serendipitous in what we perform, but also how it happens. So yeah. <laughs> uh, just keep keep an eye out. Yeah. They're right behind you. <laughs> That's right. We're listening True. to Richard Breyer right behind you right now. Um, it's I'm actually, I'm gonna be in Montreal uh, cool. in two days. Hey. Um, for the uh, so I I made a uh, improv festival, oh, and cool. they're doing a black and funny improv festival night in Montreal, right. alongside their Color Outside the Lines uh, show. So I wish you guys were there. Terrific! Uh, Enjoy the bagels <laughs> while you're there. The bagels, smoked meat, and poutine—all the things you need to to eat while. Done. Done. <laughs> oh. bagel, not Fairmont bagel. Not Fairmont. There's a huge rivalry in the city between Fairmont Bagels and St. Vitor. It, it shows what kind of person you are, which one you like. Uh, <laughs> wow. I hope you like the right one. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just try to have a panic attack, and then I'll do a whole stand-up <laughs> about the bagel in that moment. I love that. Choosing the right bagel in Montreal. That'll really connect with my audience. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Well, thanks very much, guys. Um, this has been Comedy Album Book Club, and uh, you know, like, subscribe, all, all of that give us a rating and uh, thanks for listening When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.